Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Get a sponsorship ad gently teased into the earphones of 100,000-plus highly engaged listeners, both within this show and promoting our partnership across ACAST's other hit podcast. The Noise Next Door will even get creative and make your ad for you. Contact us through this app or via producerpool.co.uk and we'll tell you more. Today on Fantasy Five, Game of Thrones versus Star Wars. This is the podcast where we, the Noise Next Door, create five-a-side football teams using characters from fiction, history and real life. Then we see these teams battle it out on the pitch to see who will be crowned victorious. I'm Robin, and I'm joined by Tom, and we are this week's pundits. Indeed, we are, Robin. It's our job to provide criticism and insight into the lineups that our managers select, and then later we'll be in charge of the highlights from today's game. Today, our managers are Matt and Sam. First up, we've got Matt. What is your team today, Matt? I've got Team Star Wars. I'm in a gold bikini. The whole team's in a gold bikini. We have a kit. We have a plan. <laughs> and we also have a win if that's happening but let's see how it plays out we've got manager two sam who have you got today today i am dipping into george rr martin's masterful world of song of ice and fire otherwise known as game of thrones oh no i haven't i haven't i've just started seeing watching that can you not do any spoilers can you not talk about it <laughs> i'm like a few episodes in uh, i really like jason momoa's character i'm hoping he really sticks it out but if you just just every time you're going to say anything about it, just just tell me. I'll, I'll earplug. I'll earplug. There will be ginormous spoilers ahead. <laughs> well, listen, that's a seamless segue because, as ever, there is a quick spoiler warning. Whilst we'll be focusing mainly on the footballing prowess of Star Wars and Game of Thrones, there's, I mean, Sam has said, definitely going to be some spoilers coming ahead. I would argue that's all there's going to be. So you have been warned. Also, please head over to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast and follow our podcast. Review it if you can. And it's five stars for us. Now, without further ado, let's go and hear those fantasy fives. So starting with our home team, that's you, Matt. Talk us through your fantasy five. I'm going to begin in goal with Jabba the Hutt. Forget Crystal Palace, we're talking Jabba's <laughs> Palace. Okay, uh, I think a technique if you're going to be a goalie, uh, and it's not often actually taken by real goalies, but... Try and big as big as you can and fill the goal with your mass immensity, okay? This guy's just a great big kind of bag of, I don't know, guts and stuff. He's massive, <laughs> fills the goal, airtight. Oh, what's that? Jabba's leaving the goal? See ya. No. <laughs> so we're going to block him. We're gonna, he's going to be a cork for the goal. Uh, I figure he, sort of, he can absorb impacts as well, kind of like a garbage bag full of wet leaves. <laughs> so uh, we're not going to have any issues with the ball uh, boinking off him. It's going to stick in him. And he's going to pluck it out of his fat and just throw it back. 
I was going to ask about the consistency of the fat. I wasn't sure if it had sort of like, you know, a springiness to it, but you, you're imagining more of like a dough-like effect. Okay, I like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, now, he's uh, he's not just going to rely on his uh, on his heft. Uh, he's also got some little tricks up his sleeve. Uh, I figure Jabba the Hutt, he's, he's always going to have a little trap door just in front of him, in this case, just in front of the gull, <laughs> that can drop people down into a rancor pit. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, I think it's allowed. I think it's fine. Doesn't need to be ah, questioned. Tr- I, I have got. I've got a question about this. Actually, that it's an early, an early controversy, which is, uh, I would say, Matt's mo when picking fantasy five aside team. <laughs> um, but I want to go to Tom with the referee here. Um, what was yeah. what What was the name of the monster in the pit there, Matt? Did you say a the rancor? rancor? Amazing, Tom. Is the rancor considered another player? Does that mean that Matt's already selected two players, or are we happy that this is an accessory? Now, I think it's positioning below the pitch is important here. If the rancor was on the pitch, it would definitely be a player. But this is a trapdoor to a to another thing beneath the pitch. I would say this counts as an accessory because it's not on the pitch itself. Very good. A completely fair and accurate ruling there from our referee for today. All right, Matt, <laughs> you're allowed the rancor. Carry on with the tactic. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. So uh, yeah, if, you, if you're not familiar, return of the Jedi in his palace. He's got this little pit and there's a monster down there and it eats people. So that's the theory. If uh, if the attackers of the uh, of the baddies are coming toward the goal, pit open, fall down, eaten by a monster. He hasn't technically fouled anyone. <laughs> it's his rancor. <laughs> Victimless sure. crime. I mean, cool. I suppose that opens a whole world of, of interest, doesn't it? Because if you shoot somebody, then you've not technically done anything. It's all the bullets that's done. The bullets done all the work there. <laughs> yeah. In hindsight, that doesn't often stand up in court, does it? Yeah. All right. Fair enough. It's a red card if you rank or eat someone. But maybe it's worth it. Uh, certainly, even just having a pit is, is quite cumbersome uh, if you're the enemy team. So, yeah, yeah I'm going to have... Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna eat loads of pies, fill out the goal, and have a hole in front of him. Uh, which, hey, let's be honest, if he's eating loads of food and he's there for ninety minutes, he's gonna need to get rid of it somehow. So let's assume <laughs> that the pit is filled with his own poop. <laughs> now there was a. There was a story recently, or not recently, within the last few years in football, about a goalkeeper that went really far. Was it in the FA Cup? And he ate a pie during the game. Oh, uh, Piegate. Oh. Piegate. Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah I remember this. Yeah. Game. Yeah, but there was yeah, a. Didn't time, he? Am yeah. I right in thinking that he put a bet on? Uh, so he, him, and his family put on a bet that he would be shown on camera eating a pie, and he was shown on camera eating a pie because it was just like a, a part-time footballer basically shoveling a pie in his face, and, the, and you know Sky Sports picked up on it. His name was Wayne Shaw, and the son specifically told him to eat a pie during halftime so that they could get uh, a bunch of illegal bets on it, and then they. Um... They got found out. It's outrageous, isn't it? Oh, man. Well, if the sun does that, I mean, in in Star Wars, there's at least two suns. So there's going to be double the chances of that happening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeeks. Uh, Well, okay. well, I'll talk about his off game uh, uh, bonuses for the team as well. So on the days off, he can actually invite the whole team back to his floating pleasure skiff to boink sex slaves and listen to discordant sort of woodwind bands. (laughs) So that's kind of nice. A lot of footballers probably have a yacht. He's got a, he's got a floating sex gif. Yeah, <laughs> I want to go back to that sponsorship money as well, Matt. Uh, he's got a lot of sponsorship space on his actual body, so I suppose you could put a bunch of logos <laughs> on him. Yeah, probably and his food. name is literally Jabba the Hut. So surely Pizza Hut want a slice of that action. A slice, Good. there it is. Yeah, Pizza the Hut em- emblemed on him. Yeah, uh, they'll, they'll they'll be tattooing him. <laughs> Oh my yeah. goodness, we're just having so much fun. Now, uh, <laughs> my final word is, I'm already thinking about like Jabba the Hutt's, uh, he's not the best 
uh, enunciator, so he won't be captain because his commands are just a little bit too confusing. When he speaks, it's like, you know, so he's not going to be captain. He can't speak good. So he can't speak moving, good. He can't speak good. <laughs> moving forward, I have an attacker, and his name is Yoda. The Jedi yeah. Master Yoda. Uh, he's a little green dude with the pointy ears. Now, uh, there's a tactic I tried to use uh, many episodes ago on my Marvel team where I figured the Hulk, he's green. If he gets naked, lies down on a pitch, he'll be a disguised hill. It was a perfect tactic. Didn't work out in the end because it turns out that the pitch was not actually green at all. Uh, (laughs) And also it was a stupid idea. So I have improved on it. Yoda is green. So he's going to get naked. Same exact idea, except this time he'll actually run around and move. Uh, Now... (laughs) It's going to be good. Yeah, controversial. He's not going to pretend to be a very small hill. So he runs around naked, which essentially means he's invisible. Everyone's looking down at him, you see. So it's all they see is grass and nudity. It, it'll merge perfectly. Uh, now, he, uh, he's obviously a Jedi master, so he can use the force. He can use his magic hands to float the ball wherever he wants it mm. Uh, mm. without actually being a handball. So that's pretty good. Uh, also, uh, now you might think he's a little bit old and like slow, but in that in Attack of the Clones, he like, he can jump and flip. He can jump to the height of an average man. So <laughs> that means that he can do almost a header. I mean, that's pretty good. If the ball is coming in <laughs> at just face height, he can header it, which I think is really admirable. Did you say he's an attacker, Matt? An attacking player? Attacking player. Uh, my my main theory is thinking that if he's if he's invisible, <laughs> if he's naked and invisible, running with the ball, uh, that's that's great. He can go between the legs all the way up to the goal. Oh my gosh, why is that ball kicking itself? Uh, is the is the yeah. tactic? That is the tactic. I mean, I I, I, I like the idea of uh, I, I'm first of all admiring your uh, tenacity, uh, sticking with this naked green filler thing. Mm. It didn't work at all for the Marvel, like you said. But you're just you're just going to keep plugging away. I suppose my main thing is that. If I see something that is the same colour as the thing it's on, it isn't invisible. I can still sort of see it because of shadow and depth and things like that. So <laughs> Whoa. I, I just think that maybe your <laughs> assumption that he's going to be completely invisible is uh, politely an utter sack of shit. Right. Well, okay. Okay. <laughs> ask, ask a makeup artist. Ask a beautiful woman. Hey, how do you get rid of your shadow and depth? Makeup. I, I, I work out all those little blemishes and contours. So Yoda, who has a deal with sponsorship deal with Max Factor, has to suddenly kind of remove all of his blemishes to make it totally frictionless and smooth looking. Way harder to see. Hey, why not even just paint grass on him? I think that's allowed. And uh, obviously he'll have to close his eyes and uh, mouth so they don't give him away. Uh, That'll make him very good at football. He's got his eyes closed. Closing his eyes is going to be really helpful. Well... In Star Wars, they love telling you to close your eyes whenever you're doing something really important with the Force. Like, oh, they never want true. you to look at that stuff. Mm. He, it's all about... He always closes his eyes when he's, like, lifting an X-wing out of a bog. Potentially, um, Yoda just stand in the centre circle with his eyes closed and just play the whole game from there using the power of the Force. He really would. He really would. And no one would know he was there because he's got a sponsor <laughs> to do with Max Factor. Uh, I've also realised he won't be captain because his commands are also too confusing. You know, <laughs> pass the ball back, do not... Oh, no, oh, I've already passed it back one year. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, he's not going to be the captain. Um, also, I did realise, I'm going to point out his own flaw. Now, Yoda does have a tendency to run away when the opposition is on the attack. This happens in Star Wars. And I mean, when he runs away, I mean, he really hides for so long that he becomes a myth. <laughs> so, <laughs> my, he's an attacker and he's going to be great at it. But if the other team decide to attack, he will run away for generations 
and never come back. <laughs> so that's his only downside, uh, other than he has uh, three dimensions that can be seen by the naked eye. <laughs> pretty pretty good play. Now, uh, I thought, okay, so yeah, he maybe he's not the best. So I have another attacker. Uh, and it's not just because all I know so far is goal, attack, defense, but it is the reason why. So my other attacker <laughs> is Jar Jar Binks. What? What? <laughs> so yeah Jar Jar Binks who's the one in the Phantom Menace who was not universally liked uh, <laughs> he's the one that talks like this and he's like a crazy little fish man and he's really annoying see? so I've chosen Jar Jar Binks first and foremost no one sees him as a threat it's true <laughs> you're going to look at that guy and go why would any idiot pick him I'm not even going to bother trying to tackle him I don't know, he's not going to hit with the ball not a threat, but he is a threat. In, the, in <laughs> okay. the Phantom Menace, in the in the one film that he was in before he was really phased out quite hard, he uh, there's a big battle at the end, and the bad guys all have these big energy balls. In fact, no, he said the good guys, in fact, have energy balls, and they're all in this big wheelbarrow. <laughs> and then, I don't know the names of all the things, and he <laughs> mistakenly releases all of the magic balls and takes out loads of the enemy. He, like, kills robots and tanks and everything. So, actually, even though he's not deliberately doing it, he's amazing with ball skills. I mean, it's balls everywhere. They're, they're taking people down. So, uh, he's actually he's pretty good. He's a pretty good baller. You're saying he's got previous experience with spherical objects, and that means he'll be good at football. Just checking yes. the exact... <laughs> <laughs> he has accidental... Uh, skills with balls. Yeah. Accidental success with balls in the past. Yeah, a bit of crucial moments. The accidental element of it to me means, I mean, how are you going to train this guy? Surely, surely you're just going to have to hope that when he messes up, he does it the right way. Is that is that the tactic? Like when he messes up, which he's definitely going to do, hopefully sometimes it will benefit us. Yeah, well, yeah. Essentially, that's it. You sort of just pull the pull string on him and just see what happens. Uh, but ultimately, if he's always going to do it at the right moment, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, he actually does okay. have another little uh, skill, which is his, his way around the pitch. Uh, now, a lot of people will be thinking, oh, I should run across the top of the pitch. But uh, as we've all established, there's uh, like an underground network of tunnels underneath the pitch. <laughs> so uh, one thing that he does also in Star Wars is that he just seems to know the secret ways through the planet's core, uh, through all the waterways. So... If he wants to get from one end of the pitch to the other, he just dives into a puddle, uses the secret <laughs> caves through the planet core and comes up with a puddle at the enemy goal. And like he's already done the whole pitch and only he knows these things. So that's that's pretty handy. I'm pretty sure it would, uh, it would be used. Uh, but now it's something I really in my research. I'm crying a little bit of this one. <laughs> in my research, I found the best thing about Jar Jar Binks. OK, in The Phantom Menace, he is an outcast who is then a general who is then a political representative for an entire people and species, which basically makes him exactly as successful as Russell Crowe in Gladiator, lich outcast general <laughs> political leader. It, Jar Jar does all of these things in one film, as does Gladiator. He's the saviour of the story. Uh, he'll be the saviour of the match. Jar Jar Binks is Gladiator. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I'm actually colour me convinced... <laughs> It's a beautiful I mean, one, right? You've done a surprisingly good job of making Jar Jar seem somewhere useful. I mean, yeah, another way of looking at it, he had all those roles. He was being slowly promoted, which is exactly what you want with football, you know? Clearly, he's exactly. on the rise. 
gladiator, he actually went from general to outcast to political representative, whereas oh. Jar Jar, constant uphill, <laughs> outcast general <laughs> politics. <laughs> so Jar Jar actually does better than gladiator. Didn't want to say it, but I've said it because I wanted to. Now, uh, one final thing, obviously, about Jar Jar. He won't be captain because his commands will be way too confusing. Like, what is he talking about? He's not going to be captain. All right. Next up, I move to defense and Chewbacca. Uh, Chewbacca, I mean, if you don't know him, he's the big furry guy. Uh, he's like an Ewok, but bigger. And if you knew what an Ewok was, but not Chewbacca, then what order have you seen which sections of these films? So, <laughs> Chewbacca has a tactic. I will explain it to you now. He has to squint, so you can't really see his eyes. He has to close oh, his God. mouth, put sunglasses on the back of his head, and instantly... It looks like he's facing the other direction, okay? The enemy will assume he's facing the other way as they're passing him, and then surprise tackle! He was facing them the whole time. That's the Chewbacca, let's face it. If he put sunglasses on the back of his head, it'd look like that's the way he's facing. He's just one big furry thing. He's like Cousin It. But wouldn't don't, doesn't he have feet? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so... Damn it. Stupid feet giving it away. That was undone so quickly by one question. <laughs> Stupid feet. They're not helpful in football at all. Oh, no. <laughs> I'd argue that actually the feet are almost certainly going to be looked at in football. It's not like, it's not like, yeah, sorry, man. Maybe a skirt, a long skirt. Oh, man. Your skirt. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, it's 2021. Yeah. Okay, Chewback is wearing a, uh, like a floor length dress. <laughs> And so you can't see his feet and he's obviously got the dress on backwards. So he looks like he's facing the direction and he surprises people all the time, possibly only once because they figured out pretty quick. So that's first tactic. Uh, second of all, he, he's really tall. He's 2.3 meters tall, which I figure means he's good at headers. No jokes. That just kind of makes sense to me. Yeah, <laughs> okay. no, that, that, that works Actually, out. that works that one. Yeah. Uh, also, it is commented on that he can pull people's arms off. So mm. if, uh, if we're not doing too well, or if a penalty comes up, he then pulls the arms off the enemy goalie. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then and the goalie's not going to be as good, is he? Uh, ultimately, he'll end up in the sin bin. But actually looking through the Star Wars films, Chewbacca ends up imprisoned many, many times. So I think he'll be okay with the sin bin. If that's why that's where you get sent if you pull someone's arms off. Right? Yeah, I think so. Does he, does he ever break out of prison in Star Wars? I'm not that familiar with the world. Does he break? Uh, actually... I think he always has to be rescued in in the solo story. He gets rescued by Han Solo in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, kind of no, everyone's uh, okay. So yeah, <laughs> he does need someone maybe to help him out occasionally. Also, Matt, sorry, you just, yeah. You, yeah. just before we move away from this, you keep talking about the sin bin. <laughs> that's that's in ice hockey. Ice hockey what? has a sin bin. If you get sent off in football, you're just off. You're gone. That's it. We. This is what is this? The the thirteenth episode of this podcast or something like that. It's it's the uh, it's the tenth. This is the tenth episode of this podcast, and you still don't know that when you get sent off in football, that's it. You don't come back on. There's no there's no prison. There's no <laughs> football prison on the side of the pitch. God damn it. Well, okay. Now I know. It's a, it's a learning curve. We're all getting there together. Well, you guys are already there. I'm I'm behind. Fair enough. Okay, so he gets, so he gets sent off permanently. <laughs> Goodbye, defender. But don't worry. Uh, I mean, first of all, I don't have to worry about him being captain. He wouldn't be captain because his commands are too confusing. <laughs> yeah, so he's not captain. But you know what? I'm not too worried. I'm not too you worried about be. the fact that my defender's useless, <laughs> facing the wrong way and giving it away, and also in prison. Oh yeah. Because um, I have one more defender, Kylo Ren. 
Now this is the uh, this is the Adam Driver baddie from uh, the newer movies. He's the he's the one who kind of dresses like Darth Vader, but isn't Darth Vader, you know? Mm. Now the most important thing about him as a defender, he won't let anyone in for about three <laughs> films. He just he just won't let anyone in, man. He won't open up to his father. He won't open up to to Ray, who's talking to him all the time. He's just so closed off. So uh, emotionally, uh, yeah, he, he just won't let anyone let anyone in, which is important for a defender. That's uh, very that's, solid. It's pretty good, right? Now he uh, he's there's a lot of uh, Darths out there. He's pretty much a Darth, but yeah. So there's all these these baddies, and I was like, why? How do I pick Kylo Ren over the others? So he has the same basic sort of look and skills as Darth mm. Vader, but without the loud breathing that gives his position away. He has the same sort of skills as Darth Maul, but doesn't delay matches because he's doing his face painting. I think that's just his skin, isn't it? Darth Maul. I wasn't sure. Is it a tattoo or face paint? I assume... I think that's just his body. I think that's just the alien species that he is. Right. Well, then, <laughs> he's being reconsidered. <laughs> but I'll tell you something Darth Maul doesn't have. Darth Maul what? does not have the hair of Hector Berlirin. <laughs> the hair... Now, for anyone who doesn't know, Hector yeah. Bellerin is a footballer, guys, and he has glorious hair, as does Adam Driver in the Star Wars films. And so that was my that was my one football reference for the last ten episodes. Did you type yeah. into Google who has the same <laughs> hair as? A- <laughs> I just typed in who has amazing hair. <laughs> In football, my Google search history for football, as you can probably tell, is not about tactics and, like, names of positions. All it is in my Google search history is who has the best hair. And it's Hector Bellerin, who plays for a team. Uh, So, yeah, he has the hair of Hector Bellerin, but without any of the skills. Uh, I have so... so... Matt, how is it that you know Hector Bellerin's name, but you don't know how red cards work? Like... Build up from the bottom. <laughs> well, let's, let's face it, I don't really know who Hector was. Um, yeah, okay, build up from the bottom. Red card. No, yeah, get it, red cards. It's a, it's a permanent prison. Uh, anyway, so uh, Kylo Ren, he's got magic hands, which we know is helpful. Um, now, this is why I'm not worried about Chewbacca getting sent off pretty quick. Kylo Ren, he's allowed an accessory, not his lightsaber. His accessory is going to be one of those big imperial walkers. Those are those, like 30-meter-tall robot yeah. dogs with laser guns attached <laughs> guns. to their heads. Okay, he has one in The Last Jedi and he's like, pew, 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 and destroys like a, a million bits of, of land. He mainly shoots at the ground in it. But yes, so he's going to be in this giant 30 meter tall robot dog. Yeah, that Defending really the hell me. out of his goal. I, I was, um, you know, I was expecting a baddie. I thought you need, you need a baddie. You need that aggression on the pitch. And uh, I'm glad you didn't, didn't go for Darth Vader. The breathing problems like you said... It, Listen, not only the loud breathing, like you mentioned about sort of revealing his position, but also that's not a healthy man, is it? That's a man who has an asthma pump. Um, Darth Maul, I just think he's a he's he's a bit too a bit too aggressive. Yeah. I don't think that you'd get the the control out of Darth Maul that you really need. But I think that you've done it here with Kylo Ren. This is the best pick for me so far, Matt. Thanks, man. Yeah, actually, I do have. I'm going to have Darth Maul as my tactician. He knows a lot about football because uh, in uh, in the movies he gets cut in half, so he knows all about the importance <laughs> of halves. That's not. <laughs> That is my okay. tactician guy. Wow. Finally, though, as you probably noticed my little pattern, I actually now I have a captain, so it's going to have to be Kylo Ren. Uh, right. He has control issues. He wants to rule everyone. He's a perfect choice of captain. The, obviously, the, unfortunately, his diction is also pretty terrible. Uh, he has a sort of a bit of a robot voice that sounds a bit sort of like, 
I feel so sad and I don't have any friends to tell. But other than that, I think he's a really good choice. There we captain, go. So Lovely stuff. Have you got any um, any backroom uh, staff, Matt? Anybody behind the scenes pulling the strings? Yeah, some backstage guys. Uh, when Yoda runs off uh, and hides from Millennia, I'm going to have BB-8. Uh, now, he's the tiny little yeah. spherical robot in the new movies. Uh, he's just going to come okay. on and mislead people into thinking he's the ball. Uh, <laughs> yep, I've, uh, for half time, I'm going to throw in my band option. It's the Moss Eisley Cantina Band. They're the ones who I'm going to have R2-D2 on refreshments, as he did on Jabba's Bang Skiff. Leia also works on the Bang Skiff. She's actually working as the eye candy. And then when people go below deck to get some action, it's actually Luke tied up saying, find my exhaust port. It's no bigger than a womp rat. And uh, finally, <laughs> a lot of people might be thinking, why haven't I picked Han Solo? It's because his name isn't Han Teammate. <laughs> and that is my choice. <laughs> Matt, it's a wonderful, wonderful selection. Uh, so just quickly, before we move on, talk us through your Fantasy Five. In goal, Jabba the Hutt. On the attack, Yoda and Jar Jar Binks. And there's defence, Chewbacca and Kylo Ren. No midfield once again for Matt, but never mind. He's got the main I one. I don't understand it. What? You've got attack defence. How much space can there be in the middle of that? Quite a uh, third. Uh, let's move on to <laughs> <laughs> Coming up after the break, we are going to Sam's Fantasy Five Game of Thrones team. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. A podcast from producerpaul.co.uk. So team number two is Sam's Game of Thrones team. Sam, how has your picks been going? Oh, Robin, it's been a very stressful week for me. I love Game of Thrones. I'm a big book reader. Uh, I watch the show as well. And there are so many characters that I considered for this team. Uh, as some of you may know, uh, George R.R. R. Martin literally wrote Game of Thrones with so many characters on purpose so that it could never be made into a TV show because he was fed up of people butchering his books. And then they made it into a TV show. Yeah, he nailed that, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, felt, I've felt the problems of this. Um, however, 
I think I have picked my defender. I'm going to start in defence. Uh, now, now, lots of incredible fighters in Game of Thrones. Uh, Jamie Lannister, the Kingslayer. Mm. Sander Clegane, the Hound. These are feared fighters throughout Westeros, uh, which is where they, a bulk of the people live. However, who beats both of them in one-on-one combat? It's Brienne of Tarth. That's right. She is a powerhouse. She's tall. She's muscular. Uh, Why in defence? Well, I'll tell you. Because her entire reason for being is to defend other people. She defends Renly, uh, Renly Baratheon, who tries to be king. She defends Caitlyn Stark. She defends Jaime Lannister. Uh, She um, makes an oath to defend Sansa and Arya Stark. She defends Pod, her squire, with a big dick. She has given her (laughs) life to defend others. Pod, her squire, with a big dick? Or is Pod, her squire, a guy with a big dick? What, what what one is it? He has a big dick. She has okay. never seen, uh, for most of her years, she has not seen a big dick. Already okay. doing the warning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, her sword given to her by Jamie Lannister is literally called uh, Oathbreaker. It's, it's a sign that she doesn't break oaths. Um, when she says she's going to defend someone, she yeah, does the- it. Uh, sorry, Oathkeeper. Would... Oathkeeper. Oh, that oh, makes right. more sense. <laughs> Sam, I have a question about all these people who uh, who she's defending throughout her career, her long, illustrious career as a defender. Uh, how many of them die? Interesting question uh, and two different answers. Okay. Under her watch, none yeah. of them. Uh, no, uh, one okay. of them. One of them. Uh, uh, however, that person, Renly, was killed by an evil uh, magic spirit that she couldn't really do anything about. Um, don't and she was actually accused of that murder, but got over it because you know she didn't actually do it herself yeah okay um yeah she characteristic wise also she's honest she's straightforward she's determined fiercely loyal to everyone she serves and she is often underestimated two words for you lewis dunk she's underestimated because she's she's a woman she's a woman knight she's like seven foot tall 300 pounds she defeats everyone in her path um she's always also this is very important she's learning she learns slowly to accept herself and others around her and she becomes a leader as she learns she literally is one of the people who leads uh, this is a big old spoiler she oh, she Earmuff, yeah. She leads the one of the leaders of the forces of Winterfell against the Night King and all of the others. Uh, of course, they do end up winning, uh, and then she becomes she becomes a uh, Lord Commander of the Kingsguard again. Another defensive position, promising to defend the king until she until the day she dies. She's she's a, she's a leader, uh, and she's just such a, a natural born defender. Does that mean she's going to be playing for you until the day she dies? Are you just going to struggle to get rid of her? Yeah. She's not going to retire. She's going to be there till she's sort of you know late sixties. Like what's what's the game there? Well, yeah. Uh, now you might you might think that's a worry, but may I may I refer you to Barristan Selmy, a legendary uh, knight of the King's Guard who um who is like seventy and is still one of the best fighters in the entire world. So it's yeah, fine. fair enough, fair enough. I'm looking forward to the the eighty. Second birthday game of Brienne when she's still still playing. Looking forward to it. Oh yeah, um, we're going to move into the central midfield again. It's such a difficult difficult position to pick because there's so many options. I umdenard about this one, but I have gone for Jon Snow. He's the glue. Yeah. He he's just the glue that unites all of the players, all of the storylines, all of the nations, everything. He's talented. He's skillful. He just he's going to pull all the strings from midfield. We know that he's defensively strong. Because he can organise a wall, 
That's a good <laughs> gag. Uh, he's one of the uh, he's he's a he's a leader. Uh, he's one of the youngest ever Lord Commanders of the Night's Watch, uh, who you know defend the wall. Uh, so he's got leadership abilities. Uh, he also becomes King of the North. He he doesn't want these positions as well. He has leaderships thrust upon him because he is so good at leading people. He's not asking. He's not he's not running around trying to actually gain these positions. They're put on him because he's so good at it. So it's why he's my captain, I think, as well. He also unites is- Danny and the Essos gang. He unites, he unites the wildlings with the southerners for the first time in thousands of years. Awesome. Yeah, there is, I would say, a significant downside for Jon Snow, which is that famously, he knows nothing. He knows nothing. <laughs> he knows nothing, does Jon Snow. I, I just think that's going to be a problem that he knows nothing. No? Yeah, but yeah, but who dies quickly? Egret. That's right. So she knew nothing. <laughs> John lives to the very end. So yeah, so take that. You know, Egret. <laughs> uh, also, let's. He, I mean, he, he, there's a few things he doesn't know. He doesn't know that he's not a bastard. He thinks he's a bastard. That's why he has the snow name. No, he's the rightful heir to the throne. Matt, shush your ears. He's he's Aegon Targaryen. Shush your ears, Matt. Shush your ears up. <laughs> Uh, we do. There is a downside, you might think, in that he he does die, but he comes back. So we know he can play through injury. Uh, that sort of fortitude we need in the middle of the park. Uh, lastly, as well, he's got a dire wolf. He's got a wolf the size of a bear. It's called Ghost, and in the books they don't really uh, portray it much in the show. But in the books, he's he's called Ghost. A because he's a albino wolf, but B because he's completely silent. He 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 moves with no noise. He doesn't ever growl or bark or anything like that. So you, you 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 just don't see him coming. Yeah, and to be fair, dogs love chasing bulls. So yeah, that's true. That is partly why I thought about putting the hound uh, in the middle of the park. <laughs> but I just couldn't. Tr- I couldn't trust him. I couldn't trust no. him. We're going to move uh, to the striking positions. Uh, I've got such a strong defender, such a strong midfielder. I'm going for a two two attacking roles. Uh, we're going for the little and large. It's the old school. Um, what you were you know back in the day, the four four two, where you've got a big striker and a small striker. My small striker, Arya Stark. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Excellent. she may be young. She's a child prodigy. We all know this. She's uh, she's always been into sports, way more sporty than some of her brothers. She's always been such a, a, a tomboy, and therefore she's uh, secretly trained by Jon Snow, by Ned Stark. Ned Stark even gets... Oh, Ned, I'm not over it, guys. He gets beheaded. Series one. Um, yeah, uh, Ned Ned brings in Sirio Pharrell, who is a, um, a, one of the best swordsmen in the world, and, and she uh, is taught nimble footwork. She's very nimble. Uh, she's also very, very quick. She moves to Bravos, uh, and she is chased through the whole streets of Bravos. It's essentially a gorgeous training session uh, she can't be caught and she's actually severely injured at the time so just like John she can play through injury she trains blindfolded let's not forget she is so aware of her, her surroundings that she can she can uh, fight whilst not looking half of Matt's team are running around with their eyes closed I is going to be just as strong with her eyes closed as they are um, she's also training to be a faceless man now this is a, uh, a type of kind of magic a type of skill where people can look like other people. So so Matt might be like, oh, it's Darth Maul on the ball, uh, passing to Kylo Ren. Oh, it's not Kylo Ren. It's Arya Stark. What? Mental. That's, that's a great skill. Really difficult to mark that. Doesn't she have to have killed the person, though, to wear their face? Isn't that the, isn't that the whole point? Well, there is debate about this because uh, that is... Uh, often what they do. However, Jacques and Hagar, uh, who is assumed to be uh, one of the leaders of the Faceless Men, uh, actually wears Aya's face whilst talking to Aya at one point. Right. But she's never done that. 
so she probably can't. I don't think she's ever technically played football either, mate. But I think that she might be able to uh, <laughs> to use this to point. use that skill. Uh, let's not forget as well. She's brutal as well. She killed. <laughs> she killed the entire male lineage of the uh, of the Frey family by using this skill. And close your ears again, Matt. She. She has the decisive moment at the end of all of Game of Thrones. She kills the Night King. And you didn't think that that would have been possible to do, but she's so stealthy. She's like, yeah, Night King dead. Oh, decisive. You want her in the last 10 minutes of their match. You know that she is gonna, she's going to produce the goods for you at the end. Mm. Yeah. So she's my little... Uh, and next to her um, is uh, another striker. Uh, she's not big, but some of her accessories are. Listen, it's Daenerys Stormborn of House Targaryen. First of her name. Queen of the Andals and the First Men. Protector of the Seven Kingdoms, Mother of Dragons, Khaleesi of the Great Grass Sea, the Unburnt Breaker of Chains. Got enough names, much? They're all hyphenated. <laughs> like, that's what will happen in about two generations of footballers, like Trent Alexander-Arnold, but with 17 more names on the end of it. Um, yeah, she's, she's up top. Uh, she's got three dragons, guys. She's got three... I don't know if you've ever seen a dragon. They're big, not in real life, but, you know, in stuff. They breathe fire. They're massive and they can fly. So good luck getting past that. She can ride them. I mean, if need be, John, John's allowed to ride one as well. John, John uh, musses up the skill to ride one. Um, she's loved. She's beloved by, by so many people. Uh, the whole of the East love her. Uh, she's, she breaks chains. She's, she frees slavers. She's, she's got the will of the common person behind her. As the referee here, I, th- I feel I have to step in and say that whilst accessories are allowed, I think three dragons brings into question whether these count as accessories anymore. I think she can have one dragon as an accessory, oh. whereas further dragons, that's that's really pushing the limit of accessories. I'm going to say she can have one dragon, and you're going to have to pick which well, one. Well, that's like saying you're only allowed to play with one football boot. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. She's allowed to wear two shoes. Fine, as a referee, fine. I will let her wear two shoes. All right, she then she's wearing dragon. A, a dragon as a shoe on each foot. No, uh, <laughs> Drogon. She's, it's got to be Drogon. He's the biggest. He's the most powerful. He's, he's the biggest uh, dragon since Balerion the Dread. Let's not mess about. He's God, the most aggressive. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, I love Game of Thrones, mate. I love it. Oh, it's been I so mean, good like getting Game back Game into Thrones, the world. But this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, so she, she's up top with her dragons. Also, uh, Matt's got a series of underground tunnels under his pitch. I'm not worried about it. We all know that Daenerys uh, was fine in the House of the Undying in Carth. It's effectively a maze. She got through it. No, no problem. Yeah, she got through the maze. But was there a man-eating monster down there? Because there is in Matt's pit. Uh, yeah, there was loads of people trying to kill her and her, steal her dragons. I stand, I stand corrected. Fair enough. Uh, Continuez vous. <laughs> so she's up front. Uh, then in goal, in goal is pretty obvious to be honest. Uh, it's the wall. <laughs> it's five hundred kilometers long. <laughs> it's two hundred and fifteen <laughs> meters tall. It's ninety-one meters thick. So it's taken up no. most of the pitch. It separates the realm from the domain of the wildlings, thus separating the opposition from scoring goals. <laughs> there you go. That's the right. that's my goalie. T- two things, right? You're playing away today, so Hmm. good luck getting that on the bus. And two, (laughs) second half, what's going to happen? You've got the wall at one end of the pitch. You're going to rebuild it during during those 15-minute break. Sam, you've not thought this through. I've got got a few magicians on the pitch later. A few? You just said it wouldn't (laughs) fall down. Yeah, that's a good point. We also don't know yet where the home pitch is. That's coming in a moment. And so we don't know the temperature. So listen, if we're on a moon very close to the sun, that thing is going to be a puddle before the end of the game. Like, oh, it's not fully made of ice, Robin. Oh, is it not? There's bricks and mortar in there as well. It is imbued with magic uh, and it is frozen over and ice is added to the top of it by the Night's Watch over the millennia. Come on, read a book or read six of them. 
Look, but hang on. Uh, this is going to break protocol a second. But Matt, have you got a place for your for your uh, for your pitch? Where is the pitch? My pitch is going to be the rolling green hills of Naboo, which are covered in grass, which are green, which is how Yoda is going to look invisible. <laughs> Okay, all right, thanks, Matt. Sam, yeah. you've got to get this wall of ice to the planet Naboo. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay, fine. I'm, I'm, on Matt's right. pitch. I then thought this move might happen. it at half time. <laughs> I thought this might happen. <laughs> I've got what's bigger than a wall? A mountain. That's right. Instead, I've got I've got the mountain. Okay, right. the mountain is a person. He's not an actual mountain. Because <laughs> I, w- yeah. in my head, I was like, "No, Sam, you're not understanding the problem here. You're just making it worse for yourself." <laughs> it's it's uh, it's the head of House Clegane. It's Gregor Clegane. He's he's the right. mountain. He's absolutely monstrous. You thought Chewie was big. Uh, Chewie is what uh, what was it? Two point three meters. That's half a foot shorter than the eight foot five hundred pound wall of muscle and brutality he has a temper yes he does crush people's heads in with his hands but you need that kind of tenacity when he's defending a corner if he misses the ball and just crushes uh, an attacker's head oh well never mind you i I think we can channel that temper also if he can crush someone's head then you know that he's going to be able to fully envelop the ball in his hands like if you can if you've got hands big enough to go all the way around someone's head to crush them you're gonna be able to catch a ball easy you've got big dinner that works the other way around as well you know that if you can uh, catch a ball that you can crush a person's head (laughs) um also like Jon snow he dies as well, but he comes back. Uh, and he comes back arguably more powerful. His temper is dulled, which is important, but his power and his fear is increased because he's now um, he's effectively necrotically invincible. Uh, and he's loyal as well. He's loyal to the cause. He's, he fiercely defends Cersei Lannister. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's got a Peter Schmeichel vibe about him if Peter <laughs> had died and was evil. So you are taking him post-death and, you know, he's he's the reanimated mountain, not original OG mountain. Oh, I might mix it up in uh, different halves. <laughs> <laughs> so you kill him so at half-time. Yeah, you're going to kill him <laughs> yeah. at half-time, pump him with some yeah. toxins. If he gets too yeah, angry, I'll it. kill him at half-time. Um, <laughs> that's, my, that's my main bulk of my team. But uh, as I said, there's so many people that uh, could have made the made the pitch and uh, are on the bench. Obviously, Jamie Lannister, the Kingslayer, very good in battle, does, does lose a hand. But then, but then becomes skillful with the others. So that's good. He's good in tourneys. We know this. He's also the big name star player. He's effectively David Beckham. Um, also, Rob Stark. He looks like a footballer, doesn't he? He, oh, he looks. He, he, he looks like a, t- a footballer. He's he's trying to come out from the shadow of his dad, though. So I got two words. One of them hyphenated is Sean Wright Phillips. He's incredible in the first half, but he might trail off pretty drastically in the second half. Uh, Grey Worm. Uh, he is a ferocious warrior, loyal beyond compare, uh, loyal to Danny. Um, he's elected by all of the Unsullied to be the leader, however terrible ball control, because he's a eunuch. Um, <laughs> I'd like Oberyn Martell in there. He's vicious. He's sexy as hell. Also, good to have an openly bisexual player in this era, I think. Davos Seaworth was thinking about him. Uh, very tactically astute. The Onion Knight, awful in goal, because he keeps his fingers in a bag around his neck. Um, Carl Drogo. <laughs> Matt mentioned him. He's undefeated. He's fully undefeated in battle. Um, slight temperament issue, granted, uh, and he does refuse to wear a shirt, which um, which might be problematic <laughs> yellow, on the pitch. <laughs> well, exactly. Um, now, uh, the, ba- the backroom staff, I've got some of the keenest tactical minds in, in, in all of the universes. All of them. I've got Tywin Lannister, master tactician, formidable warrior in his day. I've got Stannis Baratheon, keen strategist, uh, defensive coach, probably Tyrion. He'd be amazing in press conferences. 
Bran. <laughs> Bran the Broken, the Three-Eyed Raven, the Winged Wolf. He has he has prophetic vision, so he can see not just the future, but the past. All people's past, presence, and future, and can affect them. So he might just warg, which is uh, when he, he, he kind of puts his mind into other people's bodies. He could just warg into all of Matt's players and just control them. So, you know, good luck getting uh, getting past that. Uh, I've got Peter Baelish. He's my director of football. He's a wheeler dealer, Harry Redknapp. And lastly, and very importantly, I've got a physio. You've got to have a physio. Yeah. Uh, it's Thoros of Myr, the guy with the big flaming sword. He brings Beric Dondarrion back from death six times. Not injury, from death. So that is a hell of a good physio. Uh, he uses the uh, the power of Rohalor, the uh, god of light. Um, I am awful. Um, <laughs> he, he's a bit, he used to be an alcoholic, so it's good that you can see that people can come out of addiction on the other side. He does also actually bring somebody else back from the dead. This is a giant spoiler warning for people who have not read the books. Uh, he actually brings Caitlin Stark back from the dead as well. Lady Stoneheart, who does not appear as uh, this character in the, in the uh, show at all. So there's that. Uh, you well, might think that Melisandre also, he, she brought someone back from the dead, but she all of her power effectively comes from a necklace. And you can't wear jewellery on the pitch. And if she doesn't wear a necklace, she's just an old you woman. You can't wear a necklace, but you can have three dragons and a wolf. I can't have three dragons. You can only have one dragon. It was very clear. You can't wear a necklace, but you're allowed one dragon yep. and a wolf. This yep. is mad. Yes, correct. The referee selection ruling here that. is absolute nonsense. <laughs> Listen, Sam, you've got to clean up after your nerdgasm. So let's just quickly go through the final <laughs> Fantasy V. I'm wearing my white, clean GOTY fronts. In goal, I've got Gregor Clegane, the mountain, <laughs> centre-back. I've got Brienne of Tarth, central midfield, Jon Snow slash Aegon Targaryen. Uh, and up front, I've got Arya Stark and Daenerys Stormborn. There really smells of nerd in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's go now to the pre-match thoughts and feelings. <laughs> Match thoughts and feelings. I'm going to go to our home team first. Matt, how are you thinking and how are you feeling? Gosh, my feelings are pretty deep, pretty deep right now. I, uh, I'm excited about my team. Uh, now, as a tactical uh, advantage to uh, Sam, I, I had to put my fingers in my ears for the whole of his selection so that I didn't ruin Game of Thrones, which I'm just uh, about to start. And so I, uh, I'm excited to see who he's picked, uh, what they're capable of, and what it could mean for my team. Yeah. Matt basically goes, I think I'm all right, but I have no idea. Did, <laughs> I love it. Did he pick a bunch of naked people to close their eyes? Because then we're evens. Yeah, yeah. He picked a load of naked people who can't speak English properly. Yeah, there was a surprising amount of nudity and eyes closed. Uh, so really? Well done. Oh, it's a good tactic. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, we host a sexy podcast. Let's all calm down. It's a sexy podcast. We've got. Um, Sam, how are you feeling and thinking? Well, none of Matt's team can see or talk to each other. <laughs> So um, I, I've got to be honest, I think I'm the most confident I've ever been. And even if they can't talk to each other, I've got Missandei, who is a, a translator in about 10, 15 different languages. So I can understand them and they can't. Brilliant. Amazing stuff. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for kickoff. Welcome to the green grassy fields of Naboo Stadium. Green as a naked Jedi with his eyes shut. Speaking of the devil, Yoda is now taking off his clothes and has never been so visible. Yeah, that really is a lesson to us all. If you're 900 years old, naked and green, people are going to stare. The players are getting ready pre-match stretches and feeding time. Jon Snow feeding a steak to his direwolf ghost. Daenerys Targaryen feeding a whole sheep to her dragon Drogon. And Kylo Ren topping up his 8080 walker with unleaded. He looks a bit like a robot doggy. It really does. And there's the whistle. 
Oh dear, Jon Snow's direwolf has instantly gone for the ref. It's a brutal yet oddly silent murder. Hmm. Seconds in and this game is now without a referee. From this point on, it is anything goes. Arya Stark making some good progress with the ball down the left flank. But Chewbacca has put glasses on the back of his head and now his Chewbacca looks like a Chew-fronter. It's enough to fool Stark and the... Sorry. It's enough to fool Stark as the Wookiee comes crashing in with a surprise tackle. A giant hairy bear alien easily dispossesses the human child. And Chewie calmly passes to Jar Jar Binks. Brienne of Tarth with a solid pass to Jon Snow. Snow spots Targaryen surging forward on her dragon. Snow with a through ball. Targaryen fires both the ball and the actual fire from the mouth of the legendary lizard. Oh, Jabba is engulfed in flames, blinded by the fire. He's got no chance at stopping that shot. It's in. One <laughs> nil. Game of Thrones and the crowd goes wild. Hmm. Jabba smells like roast chicken, but looks like melted slug. Brienne of Tarth has been a rock in defence so far. These Star Wars forwards can't get anywhere near the goal and have been trying long-distance efforts that Gregor Gagain, the mountain, is easily catching. And each time he does... He pops it like a grape. Peter Baelish is actually now popping down to JD Sports to buy some new balls, because at this rate, I mean... <laughs> Kylo Ren's giant robot doggy is walking painfully slowly up the pitch. Chasing after the ball. Here comes Daenerys Targaryen, still atop her dragon. Uh, uses the chains from the Great Pyramid to trip up the robot doggy. Oh, oh, downward it goes. A downward dog. Look at that form. Must have taken some Bikram Yoda classes. Uh, well, the terrible design flaw in the robot means Ren will have to continue on foot. Uh, corner for Game of Thrones now. Snow looking seriously off into the middle distance, his hair blowing in the wind as he lines up to cross it in. There's a lot of movement in the box. Brienne of Tarth is up for it, and with her height, she is always an aerial threat. Chewbacca marking her, two giants bumping up against each other. The sexual tension's actually quite something. Jar Jar Binks is trying to keep tabs on Arya Stark, but he's quite shit at everything, and she's just great. Snow whips it in. Brienne seems to be vowing that she will head the ball into the goal. She leaps over Chewbacca, connects and nods it past Jabba the Hutt. It's 2-0 to Game of Thrones. If she makes a promise, she will keep it. What a player. We are now earing the end of the first half and Jon Snow and Kylo Ren are jostling for possession in the middle of the pitch. It's getting a little tetchy. Ooh, Jon Snow unsheathed Longclaw, his Valerian steel sword. Kylo Ren ignites the crossguard lightsaber. This is what the fans came to see. Two master swordsmen fighting over a football. This will be a battle for the ages. Uh-oh. Oh, the lightsaber there, easily cutting through the metal sword and most of Snow's ribcage. Jon Snow is dead, and Kylo Ren wastes no time in passing it to Yoda. Yoda with the force-powered volley. The mountain can't get to it. Lovely goal. It's 2-1. Star Wars have pulled one back. I can't believe he's dead. He had so much left to do. <laughs> There's the halftime whistle. The Mos Eisley Cantina Band here for the halftime entertainment playing that one song they know on repeat for 30 minutes. And yes, there's a bewildering cameo from Ed Sheeran. Now we're just getting word from the Game of Thrones changing room. Thoros of Myrrh has apparently managed to tend to Jon Snow's corpse. And he will start again in the second half. Yes, 
he will not be kept from his destiny. The second half is underway and it's all Game of Thrones. One player is frankly ruining it for Team Star Wars. The manager on the sidelines has got to be regretting starting Jar Jar Binks over, well, anyone. Binks attempts a shot. Binks goes for the header and connects with the pigeon that he was aiming for. If only he was paying attention to the game. Binks with a long ball. That long ball is a rugby ball, Robin, and I don't know where Binks got it from. Daenerys Targaryen tries one from close range, but it sinks into Jabba's form like marshmallow into hot custard. It dribbles out of the goalkeeper, and under pressure, Chewbacca hoots it blindly up the pitch. And there's only one player up there. It's Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar is frozen in fear as the ball lands at his feet and the mountain begins charging off his goal line. This is not going to end well. Jar Jar, still stiff as a board, floats off the ground. He's flying. I don't think he's doing anything. Look at Master Yoda, eyes closed, hand outstretched. He's got a hold of Jar Jar with the force. Oh, and... Uh... Jar Jar turns upside down in the air. Yoda is lining his teammate up like a golf club and... Oh, whack! Four! He chips the ball over the advancing keeper and it bounces over the line! <laughs> it's a goal for Jar Jar Binks! Is it, though? Jar Jar scores! Jar Jar scores! Yeah, does he? It's 2-2 two, two and everything's to play for. Daenerys Targaryen whips across into the box. Jon Snow is all lined up for a perfect header. His time to shine. It's the moment we've all been waiting for. Targaryen and Snow teaming up in this climactic moment. And Arya Stark appears from nowhere and heads it past Jabba. Goal! It's a strange reaction from the crowd. The fans don't know what to think. They're happy the Game of Thrones team have scored so late in the match, but a lot of them just thought it really should have been Jon Snow. But it is Arya Stark with the killing blow. Her years of training have paid off. A great combination to her meteoric rise through the ranks of this team. It's not to say that these fans don't like Arya. I, I think they should just felt it really should have been Jon Snow. It would have felt more complete, more in keeping with how the match was building up if it had been Jon Snow. But it wasn't. It's caught a surprise. Stop whining about it. I'm just saying that the prophecy of the prince that was promised... It's 3-2 to it, Game of Thrones, and there's the final whistle. It's all over. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm happy they won. I just feel like there was a lot of threads left hanging. Like, Why bring John back if he doesn't do anything in the second half? Back to the studio. So there we go, an amazing game between Star Wars and Game of Thrones. Matt, commiserations. I'm so sorry that you got denied in the final minutes there. Oh, so close to the end there, but uh, I guess ultimately we now realise that Rego Wizards beat Space Wizards. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I guess there's got to be some regret over the Jar Jar Binks decision. It's decisions like that that are putting me a lot lower down the leaderboard <laughs> than the rest of you guys, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fair. But listen, Sam, congrats. Oh. That puts you pretty high up the oh. table now. How are you feeling? Well... I mean, I'm, deli I'm delighted that there was a conclusion to the match and we got to know what happened at the end because I've been waiting 10 years for the books to finish, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I, I mentioned the table and unbelievably, it puts Tom and Sam joint first at the table, at the top of the table with seven points a person. Uh, then it's me with six points. And at the bottom of the table, it's Matt with, with just the one win, three points for Matt. Uh, which means forever. <laughs> which does mean that next week's episode is going to be an absolutely massive one uh, so join us next week when we've got Rockstars versus wrestlers and it's Sam versus Tom playing in that game it's going to be absolutely 
massive. I, I hope you are feeling uh, the, the weight of the occasion, guys, as we head into <laughs> next week. And, and let us know, everybody, what you thought of today's teams or the result on social media. We're at Noise Next Door on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, and TikTok, I believe. And listen, we'd love to hear from you. Um, a massive thanks as ever to our producer, Paul, for making us sound fantastic and handsome. Uh, and please follow Fantasy Five on your preferred podcast provider. Give us a five-star review if that's something you can do. So we will see you next week, and it is time for us to hear the showers. Aye, he's taking forever in there. A lot of shampoo to use, he has. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 